2: Um, I love what you talk about when you kind of touch on that difference between consumer versus companion mentality in dating. Um, so what does that look like?
3: Yeah, that's another big one, too. Yeah.
2: I, I'm asking you all that. <laughs> I told you, I have all these questions. I want everybody to know.
3: Yeah. Well, so consumer mentality, I, I think there's um, a, a tendency, and I saw it in college, too. People would start listing well i want him to be tall but not too tall i want him to be fit but not obsessed with his body i want him to be funny but like <laughs> and we start to like create this list of characteristics like you'd curate a playlist but what yep. you created is not a real human because no one yep. no one adds to the list their problems and i want him to be a little disorganized and i want him to have some issues with anger like you don't <laughs> add those so you create a fake person and hold a real person up to an impossible standard And no one likes that, you know? So you talk to women and um, they don't like the impossible standard of magazine covers because you go, hey, these are Photoshopped. That don't hold me to an impossible standard. Men don't like it either. Women watch romantic movies and say, why can't you be more like, and you're like, that guy's not even like that in real life. You know, so
2: (laughs) that's true.
3: it it sets you up for disappointment and failure. And then what's crazy about it too is, We don't know what we want. That was one of the most fascinating things, studying it, you know, match.com, the online dating, they realized they tried to create that algorithm of pick the characteristics you want, literally click them and we'll match you with the perfect person and their matches never worked. And so they studied their algorithm and they realized the algorithm's not broken. We're broken. Namely,
2: yeah. what
3: people say they want Dang. and who they marry. They said there is no correlation between the two. So, Dang. Uh, and in college, my friends were like, I, every single one of my buddies had a checklist. My girl's going to look like this and this and this. And the girl they married looked nothing like that. <laughs> nothing. So I'm like, you have no idea what you want. So let's all yeah. have some humility of going, I don't know. Character matters, but what chemistry will I link up with? Most people I know that have a checklist, it's usually an idealized version of themselves.
2: That's so true. And you're like, you don't want to
3: marry you, you want to be you. You want to marry someone who compliments you and it might surprise you.
2: I love that. You know what's funny is like in a weird way, that's kind of like whenever you pick out a wedding dress. Is I know it sounds funny, but it's so true for like all my friends that I know like everybody had this like certain look that they wanted to get and it was like this 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 is this and it was based off of what they had seen that they liked. and then everyone goes and you try on the dress that you always thought this is going to be the one it has everything it checks all the boxes and you're like this looks horrible (laughs) on me. this is not a fit at all and then you go through a process of trying a different things until the one actually fits you and normally it's everything you said you would never want, but it, but it fits you. And so it's like so true for dating and wedding dress shopping that you go in, you think you have this idea based on what you've seen somebody else do, but it has to actually fit who you are. So I love that so much. Um, Well, that's a
3: good word. Fit. Do we fit? fit. Is there a compatibility? That's a good way to say that.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you talk about being unequally yoked, and I love, I love this quote. You can put a bow on a turd, but he's still a turd. Period. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I love, I just love that concept that you talk about. So touch on that a little bit about the importance of uh, you know not just finding a turd with a bow on it.
3: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, Song of Songs or Song of Solomon in the Bible. You know, it's it's the book of love. It opens with the woman saying, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. She's so Mm -hmm. excited. She's like, I wanna kiss this guy's face, you know, (laughs) but you see four people talk, her, the man, God, and her friends. And it's good because her friends are not infatuated with this guy. And when you're infatuated, you can lose all sense of healthy evaluation. Her friends say, rightly do the maidens love you. Like her friends Mm. weren't infatuated with him, but they were watching. Is this the right guy for her to feel this way about? And they're evaluating his character. And that's what the book says later. Your name is like oil poured out. You have character that's trustworthy. And and infatuation can mess up your evaluation. So you need some people to watch him and say, hey, um, how does this person treat people they're not trying to get in bed with? How do they treat kids? How do they treat old people? How do they handle people they're not trying to impress? And you want to watch their life. Do they have character? And so, you know, I I've, I remember in college, girls just wanting to get married and they were like, oh, he I met him at church, so he must be fine. And you're like, I don't care yeah. if he's at church. He could be a monster. I know monsters at church. <laughs> oh, he, he owns a Bible. Well, who cares? That doesn't matter at all. You know? And so, yeah, you can put a bow tie on a turd, but it's still a turd, man. Like you got to watch his choices. You got to watch his decisions. Like how does he act when things don't go his way? How does he act when someone doesn't give him what he wants? So watch his character. You want the safety of a godly character.
2: Yes, amen. Preach. That is so good. Uh, well, I know, I know. I'm asking you so many questions, but like I said, like this is just too good. It, it's so good. And one of the things that you talk about is clarity. Whenever you are dating someone, that it's such yeah. a value to bring clarity into a situation. And that was one thing I'm sure Christian might've got from the book, but I was very <laughs> impressed by, and I'm honestly shocked by how much clarity I always had. And I never had to guess like, when, when are we going to talk again? Cause he was like, Hey, tomorrow night, I'm going to call you. And then he did. And like that clarity was so valuable to me. And yeah. I remember one night I was on the phone with him and it was early on. And I said, oh yeah, okay, I'll talk to you tomorrow and I said, or I don't know, maybe I like awkwardly backed (laughs) out or we don't have to talk and he was like, what do you mean? Of course I'll talk to you tomorrow. Like, it, it was just so funny because out of my insecurity it was like, ha ha, whoops, shouldn't have said that. And I was like, <laughs> very good. Gr- and Christian's like, no, of course we'll talk tomorrow. And he just brought so much clarity to my heart. I wasn't, yeah. I didn't have to get awkward about it or confused about it or wonder if we were going to talk again or he was going to ghost me. Like, he was so good at bringing me clarity. And yeah. I think that is something that um, guys uh, they sometimes lack to give and yeah. girls too. And also yeah. uh, I think it's something that we don't really hold people to anymore as much as we should.
3: Yeah, well, I love hearing that about Christian. I knew I liked that guy. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, ambiguity leads to anxiety. And mm. so many of the people you talk to now, if you just bring up the subject of dating, one of the key words is anxiety. And it's because we don't know the rules anymore. And as flawed as they were in the past, cultures have had dating scripts. Oh, this is how this works. You know, like I remember talking with a group in India and they're like, well, when you come a certain age, your parents help you find a mate. Like they sort of knew this is the steps that happen. Or early in America, a guy would come a call in to a girl and sit in the parlor with her and her family. And like, it wasn't perfect, but you at least knew what was coming. And yeah. in, the, in the world today, we don't have a dating script. And so everyone yeah. doesn't know the rules. And I like to tell young people, that's not your fault. Mm-hmm. You didn't create that. It is your problem. Society yeah. has not given you clarity on here's what to do. So you're like, do I text? Do I call? Do I DM them? Do I like, nobody knows. And, but what <laughs> we do know is the Bible says an honest answer is a kiss on the lips, a way to be mm-hmm. kind to someone and care about them is to give them honesty. Or In the New Testament, it says we speak the truth in love. We graciously speak the truth to each other. And we know that. Clarity is mm-hmm. kindness. It was a kind thing for a Christian to say to you, I'm interested in you. I'd like to spend some time with you. Now you know. And yeah. I, did a, I did a bunch of checking in on this with girls too, just to ask them, am I on the right track here? And all of them were like, it's the ambiguity that kills us. And I yeah. even asked them questions like, so should he ask you on a date? Is that word old fashioned? And, almost a hundred percent said, no, use the word date. Cause at least I know yes. what it is. But when you say hang out, I don't know what hang out means.
2: And then you're telling your friends, uh, I think it might be a date. I don't know. Yeah. We're just hanging out. I don't know Do if it's with in... other people. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Am I going to get dressed yeah. up and sit on the couch and play Fortnite? Like what, wait a minute, what is this exactly? <laughs> but you know, it's funny cause, um, you know, in the past, um, I remember in Texas going to a small town in Texas and they had a dance every Friday night and it was expected a young Mm -hmm. man would ask a girl in town to go to the dance on Friday and everyone knew this isn't marriage. Mm -hmm. It's every single week though. This dude's taking a shot every single week. He has to take (laughs) a shot and he just got better at it because the reps, but Mm -hmm. young men now don't get near the reps. And so yeah. they're awkward, they don't know what to say, it's confusing, so I feel a compassion for young men. Like, that's why in the book I try to help them. And it's yeah. funny, cause I'll have a lot of girls come to me now and say like, he said the exact words in chapter. And I'm like, that's fine, that's a win. <laughs>
2: that's what I'm saying, I took it. I was like, I'm so glad you said the exact words. <laughs>
3: Clarity's awesome. kindness we got to help each other guys and girls guys need it too the guys are just yeah. as insecure as girls and if you can tell him yeah. on the front end i'm not interested i am that feels scary but honesty is better than ghosting and so uh, oh, it's better to be sure. real
2: for sure i love that that's so good All right. We're nearing the end. We're we're definitely at the engaged <laughs> part now.
3: Okay. Um,
2: but you talk about the importance of communication and confession before marriage. Mm. And I think that goes, like, yes, that is kind of on the same track as clarity, but even more than that, like confession of things that you've been through, your past, where you're at now and all those different things. Um, I've had other people come to me and ask me this question, like Sadie, like I know you and Christian talk about being real with each other and sharing your story, but when is the right time to do that? Um, And so when do you think the right time is to share, you know, some of those really real things that maybe you've walked through or are currently walking through in a relationship?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Well, you know, dating is more about guiding principles than steps so it's hard to say well on date six do yeah. it, you know it's guiding principles but you can say date one not the time to unpack all the broken your past <laughs> no. I would say after you're engaged you should do it before that you know because mm-hmm. I've we've counseled couples Donna and I where it's the wedding date set and announced and then some really deep sin issues come up that confuse the couple and they got to process them. And you go, don't put the pressure of a wedding date on top of you're still processing together. So I'd say in that dating world, you're getting to know each other enough to say, do I trust this person? Because what Mm -hmm. you're talking about, Sadie, is what what everybody wants when they're married is I want someone to know all of me, the best Mm -hmm. and the worst and love me. That's what we want. We want the security of knowing that. When I wake up, that person loves me and they're not leaving me they're going to stay but to have that security you have to give them honesty and that's scary mm-hmm. so you have to build enough trust and i love the way the book of song of solomon presents it it presents the heart of this woman like a dove mm. and the up in the cleft of a rock it's a fragile bird high up and the guy doesn't run up and grab the bird, and it's not in chapter one, but as they get to know each other over time and start to realize this relationship's serious, I could Mm -hmm. see us getting married, it it seems more possible that this is the person, maybe more likely than not, then I do think you get to a point where like the dove leaving the cleft of the rock into the man's hands, Mm -hmm. I do think there comes a point where you say, let me tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly about my past and yeah you will probably both cry um there are some hard things that we have all done and hard things that have been done to us Mm -hmm. but if we can hear all that and like christ see the worst of each other and say i forgive you i love Mm -hmm. you i want you that can be so healing for people Um, I strongly encourage that to happen, but you don't want to rush into it because you can needlessly confuse and hurt each other. So it's a tricky balance. And that's where I think wise counsel can help you get some people around that love God and love you that say, Hey, maybe now you're at the point to, to share with him a little more of your story.
2: It's good. Oh, it's so good. I am so glad that you touched on that because that was one of the most pivotal moments of Krishna's relationship in the best mm. way. It was so hard. Yeah. And we did both cry. And it wasn't just a one-day conversation. But the forgiveness and the love and just the beauty of that moment, getting to show each other... Um, a human version of what Christ would do in a non perfect way, yeah. but still love each other was a beautiful thing that I think really made our relationship what it is today. Yeah. And that's why we can trust and love and feel loved because we know that we're known. And so I, mm-hmm. I just love that. Um, yeah. I love how you talk about man's initiation. And uh, Christian talks about this a lot. This is something in the book that I know really touched him. But you say, you don't just fall out of love, you fall out of trying. And I thought that was really really good and so you know I think when we start dating we we really try hard right mm-hmm. we're bringing out all the stops so then there's a point where even the other day actually um, it was it was funny I was getting my nails done and I said something that Christian I was like oh yeah like and then he went he's going to get me this real fast and he'll be here in San and he was like oh yeah, you can tell that y'all just got married. You don't do that whenever you're 10 years in like us. And I was just like, that's sad because that was just (laughs) such a little thing, you know? But Mm -hmm. people do stop trying. And so what's the importance of keeping that that going, that pursuit?
3: Yeah, you know what's crazy? Because Donna and I say this to each other all the time and we laugh because we're like, I bet a lot of people would not believe us because it sounds so corny, but we're like, we love each other more now than ever, to the degree that our first year of marriage love was sincere, but so shallow. And uh, (laughs) we know each other so much more now and trust each other so much more now. And I can encourage her so much more deeply and more quickly. And Mm -hmm. we can resolve conflict in such a better way. And, And all of that is because we've clocked the hours talking Mm -hmm. we've just spent time together and you know we we watch some tv not a lot it's more common for us to sit on the back porch and talk i know when i'm at work when i go home about an hour a night donna and i are just going to sit there and talk about our day and it seems so simple but when you look and i'm like i trust her down to the smallest bit of DNA in me, the deepest parts of my bones. I trust Donna fully. And uh, I have that. And then we'll counsel couples that don't. And you go, what's different? And what you see is it started early in their marriage. They just quit cultivating that, that communication of pursuing each other, talking through things. And so when you don't cultivate a seed, you don't enjoy the fruit. Wow. Uh, you want to enjoy fruit cultivate the ground and we've cultivated a lifetime of communication and now two decades in gosh um it's the best it's ever been it's awesome. amazing so i highly encouraging. i highly recommend it
2: that's so encouraging <laughs> see that is so encouraging because you hear these other couples say stuff like that and you're like dang i'm kind of scared of 10 years Don't from buy now it.
1: And so of hearing that,
2: yeah, Yes, that is so good. I love mm-hmm. it. Right, last question I want to talk to you about is just the quote that you say, your marriage will be most fulfilling on mission. And it's so funny because Louis uh, makes fun of, like he doesn't make fun of me and Christian, but he kind of laughs at us. He says, you are the only couple I've ever met that have a mission statement for your relationship. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> because we read the book and we, we really took that seriously. And then our a premarital counselor told us that we should have a mission statement. And we were like, oh my gosh, this is like our mission, you know? Yeah. And so we do, and it's like stuck with us. And apparently on our wedding day, we looked at each other and we said like, we are the huffs and we are and said our mission statement. <laughs> and so Louis, Louis loves to quote our mission statement to us. <laughs> but I think it is so important, and you're so right, when you have a mission-minded marriage, like there is so much, passion and uh, love and oneness and just you're going for the the same thing. And I just love it. So can you touch on that as we close about just having a marriage with a mission?
3: Yeah. Well, no one unifies around unity in -hmm. the world about anything. You don't unify around unity. We all unify around something, you know? Yeah. And if you look at the strongest teams, like a sports team, they were like, we're going to win the Super Bowl, we're gonna win. A mission creates that unity, you know. Mm-hmm. A cause can strengthen community. And it's because God built us that way. You know, He said, You exist for me. That's why Paul told young Timothy, Hey, flee youthful lust, pursue righteousness, along with those who call out to God of a pure heart. He was telling his young protege that because he's like, That's life, Timothy. Get away from stuff that's picking you yeah. apart and ruining you run after the beautiful life God made along with a community, because that's the way life's meant to be lived. A community on a cause, belonging and mattering. They're the deepest longings of our heart. And then when you put that in a marriage, mm-hmm. hey, I'm not trying to look into your eyes to find meaning. I'm gripping mm-hmm. your hand and we're chasing meaning together. Awesome. Boy, that's really fun. And and I think that's part of why Donna and I's marriage is so happy is coming here to DC was not like, well, Ben got transferred because of work and Donna's got to come along. It's not like that. It's like, hey, God called us to each other. God has called us to make a difference for his name. Is this where God's calling us? And we made that decision together and being on mission together is so energizing. I strain to find the words to explain it, but I really wish people had it. And the folks you're talking about that are bored. I talked to too many people that are like in their thirties, forties. I'm like, you're too young to act this old. I knew 60 year olds <laughs> who are fired up because they're on mission together. I mean, Louie and Shelly would awesome. be a cause of that. You're be a yep. good example of that. They're so you don't want to miss that. Yeah, you grip hands and run into God's future together. And I promise you, life will be fun.
2: That's awesome, come on. Well, I know so <laughs> many people are so encouraged. Like, whenever I do podcasts with people like you, I literally kiss off smiling because I'm like, I'm so excited for everybody to hear this. <laughs> Because honestly, it's the questions people ask me that I'm like, uh, I wish I had the words to say it better and more wisdom to say it, but I do know somebody. Hold on and wait for this podcast because that—that yeah. that is the heart of this podcast that I would ask yeah. these people who have influenced me these questions and help break it down for all of these college students. And, and you know, our listeners are all ages, but primarily yeah. that 18 to 25 year old who just needs some guidance and some yes. help and some advice. And so yes. thank you. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you for preaching on a weekly basis and just getting out um, the good news and great advice. Ben, we appreciate you. Christian and I are so thankful for you and Donna and y'all's life and ministry. So thanks for this awesome conversation.
3: Uh, Hey, thank you. It's an honor to be here. We love you guys. We We are so thrilled with what you're doing and thank just you. could not cheer you on strongly enough and i hope everybody listening gets in y'all's wake and follows the kind of purposeful living y'all are doing it's inspiring
2: ah thank you it means so much thank you sure thing hello hi hi this is Sadie and Christian what's up what's your I'm name Sarah. Sarah Um, nice to
0: meet you Sarah it's nice to meet you too I'm from California um Sadie I actually met you on Dancing with the Stars one time no way you were like super sweet but I just want to tell you before we get started um I'm 19 but seeing you walk through your faith it really shaped me as a person just without you like with christian background too i my mom passed away years ago Mm. but it really shaped my morals as a woman too so thank you so much
2: sarah that's so cool thank you so much for sharing that with me that truly means so much and it's so cool that we've actually met (laughs) i love (laughs) that i used to get mistaken for you all the time in la it was so funny oh that's awesome um,
0: yeah or you had COVID and anxiety and eating disorder and that's literally what I've been going through all year wow so seeing that you went through that in a podcast too it just you went through it kind of before me too so it was nice to have that preparation
2: oh well I'm glad I could like, have been a sister and a friend <laughs> from afar to you um, yeah thank you well, so much you sent in a great question remind us me and Christian and everybody listening what your question was
0: So um, when you and your significant other are going through a minor issue and that trust is kind of broken, but it's not big enough to break up over or anything like that. It's just that person didn't follow through on what they were going to say and it hurt you inside. Mm -hmm. How do you build that trust on both sides back?
2: Yeah, that's so good. And that's so real. Honestly, like yeah. when I saw your question, I was like, this is great because Christian and I went through this. And mm-hmm. I love what you said. Um, you know, it's not like a breakup issue, but it is an issue that you have to deal with and take seriously. And, um, you know, I think when you're in a relationship and you've already established that you know their character. They know your character. Y'all are good people, but that doesn't mean you're perfect people. You couldn't be perfect. Mm-hmm. So you're going to mess up. There are going to be times where you have to humble yourself and say you're sorry, or the other person's going to do something that you're like, why did you do that? And vice versa. Um, but I can remember when Christian and I were about six months into our relationship, something happened where it just kind of broke trust a little bit. And it was upsetting and, you know, but it wasn't major. It wasn't something to break mm-hmm. up over, but it yep. but it bothered me and it, and it kind of yeah. hurt our trust. And, you mm-hmm. know, what we realized in that moment, and I will say it wasn't easy and it didn't all just click like right when it happened. It wasn't like the most pleasant conversation. We grew a lot in that and learned how to communicate through frustrations and hard times. But one of the things that we realized was really the breakthrough was just our complete honesty with where we were at Christian with where he was at and why a decision was made that hurt me and me where I was at and why insecurity was rising and that, honesty and that vulnerability, you know, brought us to a place where we weren't defensive and we weren't um, still throwing jabs or anything like that. We were just able to listen and on a human level relate to where the other person was at. I can relate mm-hmm. to him for maybe the mistake that he made and he can relate to me for the insecurity that was rising because of that mistake. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, I would say that breakthrough really came from that vulnerability um, to just get get past like what actually happened and get to like why it happened and why it made me feel the way that it did and why I don't want it to ever happen again. Um, yeah. And Christian had some advice from the guy's perspective.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Um, yeah. So when something like that happens, um, I think the biggest thing is um, like you said, just complete honesty and transparency and just being able to, you know, have a conversation about it and, um, you know, owning your mistakes. And I think after that happens, the thing moving forward, you have to be consistent. And I know that for me, um, as someone who did that, I think that the biggest lesson that I learned was, you know, you can say, sorry, a hundred times, but if there's no action that follows behind that, then those are just kind of words. So for Mm -hmm. me, when I was apologetic about it, there had to be, um, Built uh, a build that uh, back of trust, and that only came through being consistent mm-hmm. and being honest and real. Um, and because if if I was honest and real when the, when, when something like that happened, but I wasn't consistent, then there would have been
2: that would have been, been, been that would have probably would have
1: ended ended things. But yeah. if yeah. you can build that back up through consistency and and truly mm-hmm. see. The integrity of someone, I think, that speaks volumes to that. So
2: true. Because if somebody does something, they're truly sorry. And and you begin to see a consistent, you know, behavior that isn't like that. Then you can know, okay, that's not who you are. That's just a mistake that you made. And I'm going to forgive you because odds are this could be me next month. Like I, I might yeah. do something that's going to upset you. And like I have since this time when we were only dating six months, there have been times I've said things that hurt Christian um, and things that I've regretted, you know, that I've had to say, Hey, I'm really sorry. The reason that happened or the reason I said that is because of this. And I understand how that made you feel. And I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. And then now I can't just say sorry. I, I need to fix the way that I speak, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think those are some things to get past some of those hard moments moments. But I love that you asked this question. It's so honest, so real. And I think it's going to help a lot of people because relationships are hard to navigate and learning how to communicate is a huge part of that. So thank you so much for asking that. And thanks for telling me a bit of your story. Uh, That was beautiful. And I just feel so grateful that God has used me in your life in a very significant way.
0: Yeah, he definitely has. Um, If you're ever in L.A., come check out the church it's amazing it's um a connection to bethel so it's called
2: presence cool that's awesome awesome do. Yeah. well thanks girl it was great talking okay. to you today thank you hey, bye bye sweet great sweet. question great question So good. Y'all, I love this. I love how whenever y'all are calling and asking these questions, we can just be real. We can be vulnerable with y'all and hopefully give you the best advice that we have to a situation. We're not perfect, but we're going to give you what we've learned in the best way we can. And hopefully that not only points you to a better place in whatever relationship you're in or season you're in, but hopefully it points you towards Jesus because ultimately all of our advice is stuff that we found in the word or through prayer or through um, just honestly godly mentors and people that we've asked and so i hope this advice helps you and i hope that you know that you have a sister and a friend from afar and a brother right here
1: and a brother from
2: my boo uh well we love you guys keep calling keep asking great questions and we will keep giving the best advice we can